Welcome to Wisdom Inspired, a podcast designed to help high achievers to eliminate burnout and overwhelm. Now let's prepare to open our hearts, our minds, and our notebooks to receive today's thank wisdom. Thank you so much, Coach Dream. And thank you to everyone that's listening in live this morning. So glad you could join us this morning. Um, I'm going to go ahead and jump right into today's topic for the sake of time because I want to be able to cover all six points that I have this morning. All right. Today's topic is the six disciplines of servant leaders. The six disciplines of servant leaders. So we spoke on Monday about understanding servant leadership, and I won't go over that. Um, I want to recommend that you go back and listen to Monday's episode to get a better understanding of our reference um, to servant leaders. But this isn't about position. It's not about a title. Um, It's actually about a character. It's about a lifestyle. It's about a mindset of how you approach uh, your position in the marketplace, how you approach your position in life as a whole, um, as a believer. Um, We're called to be servant leaders, I believe. I believe that's the summation of what the Great Commission was uh, given by Jesus um, to the disciples. And we are following in their tracks, right, um, on this side of the cross. So going into this today, I wanted to bring out... um, the six disciplines of servant leaders, and they're going to reference positions that we know commonly as uh, particular job roles or positions, but their energy or their influence is the discipline that I believe actually serves every servant leader. Um, And so we may have a stronger personality in one of these disciplines just because of our nature and the way we've been built but we should have an element, I believe, of all six of them, right? They may not be evenly distributed in our personality, but they're present in some way uh, to give us those disciplines. And a discipline is something we can work towards as well, that we get strengthened in. And I believe for servant leaders, we have to be mindful of the challenges in our lives are not always um there to destroy us. They're not always there because of something we've done. They're actually present because they're strengthening, I believe, one of these disciplines in us. Okay? So I won't read the scripture that I'm coming from, but I will give it to you for your reference that you can go to and read it. It is 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 26 is the supporting foundation for these six disciplines of servant leaders. That's 2 Timothy Chapter 2, verses 1 through 26. So the first discipline is the discipline of a teacher. As a teacher, you faithfully transmit the truth. Servant leaders must commit to the word of God, which is the truth, and apply the word to their lives and lead by example. And when they do this, it transmits their faith to others. Transmit is not about convincing, coercing, commanding anyone to anything. When you say transmit, transmit is a signal. It's a signal of energy that passes from one person to another, or it broadcasts or sends out this electrical signal to another. It actually passes on either a dis-ease or a trait 
to another person, right? So when you are leading by example, when you have applied the word of God to your life and you're studying not just so you can be built up in knowledge, but actually so that you can come to know the character of God himself so that you can have an understanding of how it practically applies to the journey that you're on and you begin to be built up in your faith and you begin to serve others and lead in the marketplace in whatever role that you're in, your life transmits your faith to other people, okay? So as a teacher, you are faithfully transmitting the truth as you live it out in your own life. It's not about what you say. It's about how your life is on display. Number two, the second discipline is the discipline of a soldier. A soldier endures difficult things and disciplines oneself to avoid Senseless, y'all wait for this word because this has been real popular in, in society and media, but to avoid senseless entanglements. Y'all stay with me. I got excited when I was studying commentary on this one. Anywho, that's another day, another story. But anyhow, it says a soldier endures difficult things and disciplines oneself to avoid senseless entanglements. A soldier leaves behind the comforts of home and his personal affairs and personal thoughts, ideas, and desires, and they fully devote themselves to his duty, his calling. Anything less will put the mission in jeopardy. <laughs> See, I've, I have the privilege of knowing people who, who served in various branches of military, and I talk and listen because I like to learn. I like to hear what, what their experiences are. And as I was going through this particular element, that part about how they just cast off everything else because it puts the mission in jeopardy. I remember a conversation and uh, one of our members, and she was sharing with me how they would detach basically from family because they had to be able to be mentally focused and present on what they were doing. You could not afford to have the distractions of thinking of your loved ones or all of those different things. So sometimes, and not all military, but some military struggle uh, when they come back to society because it's it's not easy to turn that back on. It's not easy when you have been disciplined and trained to turn that off. And so this isn't to say that we disconnect, but we've got to be willing as servant leaders with the discipline of a soldier to understand that when God calls you to do something, he will always there's going to be something you have to let go of, whether that's approval of people, whether that's the approval of your loved ones, whether that's fitting in with the crowd that you're used to being around. Whatever it may be, soldiers have to be built up to be able to focus on the mission and be willing to sacrifice their comforts, their thoughts, their ideas, their desires, their ideologies, and all of those things to come together for the greater mission and the greater good. And as servant leaders, as believers, as Christ followers, our overarching mission is to do the will of God. No matter what that is that he brings down to our level in our own practical lives, the overarching thing is to be in alignment, in right standing with God in all actions that you take throughout your life. Okay? So the third discipline is that of an athlete. Athletes train themselves to be all that God wants 
and heeds to the rules. An athlete submits to the rules in order to win. When you think of athletes, you think of football players, you think of basketball players, whatever the sport is. They are sold out and bought out to the rules. Some players know the rules better than coaches, right? But they are bought in because I can't play this game if I don't know the rules in which I'm supposed to operate, right? They have to go through practice and they get trained on how to hit in the right area because there are rules governing how you hit. Do y'all get that? So there are rules governing us as believers in this world, yes. We are in a system that is influenced by the enemy, but we serve and we follow God who has called us into a covenant, another system of operating while we're in this space. And whether we think it works or not, if you are a believer, that's exactly what it means. You believe what God has said. It might not look that way, but you believe it because he said it. And so when you believe what he said, you operate according to the rules he set forth for you, but you got to know the rules, right? A servant leader often have to sacrifice their certain liberties. They have to, as an athlete, you have to be willing to listen to your coaches, those that are trained, that are there to help you train according to the rules. Sacrificing your liberties to do what you want to do and to do it your way to gain the victory because you're playing in a bigger game. You can't go out there and run the route you want to route, run if, if, if the quarterback is expecting you to be in a certain spot. It don't work, right? That's the same way with God. He is calling routes for us to run, and we can't go run the route we want to run, and we're not in a place we're supposed to be in. Do y'all get this? I know y'all getting it. Y'all might not be getting as excited as me this morning, but I'm going to try to slow down because I got a couple of minutes to finish the last three. Uh, but closing out the athlete, I want us to understand that as an athlete, discipline and training are activities that don't come naturally to us, so we have to be eager and fight even harder to discipline and train ourselves like athletes do. The fourth discipline is that of a former a former diligently labors even when no one is watching. A farmer will diligently work his crops because he knows that one day his labor will reap a harvest. A servant leader's fruit of labor is seen in the lives of others. You serve when nobody's watching. You serve when you're creating your content. You serve when you're doing and following the rules, when you're sacrificing, when you're training and disciplining, when you're working at being consistent. None of us are perfect, but when we work at it, nobody's watching us. Nobody's watching when, we're, when we've committed. I'll use myself as an example. When you've committed to doing exercises, nobody's watching when your mind is going through a battle to tell you, you know what, you don't have to do it today. You could get Give up today when you have to remind yourself, no, I made a promise to me. So if I want other people to trust me, I need to trust me. So I'm going to go ahead and exercise. So you've got to be like that former. When nobody's watching you, you've got to be willing to remain diligent to the labor that you've been called to do. Whether you got people listening to what you're doing or not. If God told you to do it, you better do it if nobody's on the line except you. You better do it if nobody's watching except you. Whatever he has called you to do, you must labor at it diligently, knowing that it will reap a harvest. It will. It, it's not even, you know, and I know this says will reap one day, but I want to uh, 
insert one of the uh, ministers I was listening to a few weeks ago even talked about how this can sometimes be damaging to our belief system because we always say one day we're waiting on God to do this one day but see God is a now God so it's contradicting to say that he's going to do it one day he's already done it all you're waiting on is for the manifestation to continue to be worked out so when you truly elevate your level of belief you already know how to operate as if you have it because God has already done it now. Do you understand that? That's why the former labors, because he knows he already has the harvest. All I got to do is keep doing what I'm doing the way that I'm doing it, the way that I've been called to do it, because the harvest is just a matter of time, and God does not operate in time. We operate in time. We're subject to time, but not him, okay? All right. Y'all will get that. Y'all will go back and listen and study that for yourself. The fifth discipline is that of a worker. A worker will rigorously give one's all to the task before them. Biblically, there are two types of workers. You have approved workers and you have unapproved workers. Approved workers are the ones who rigorously study and apply God's word, eager to find its truths and unfold them to others in the pursuit of godliness and and, and, and being in right standing with God, right? Not perfection. Not perfection. Let us get this right. Godliness ain't got nothing to do with perfect behavior. Y'all need to go study that for yourself and free yourself. But anywho, ain't got nothing to do with that. Unapproved workers, they're those that read the Bible in pursuit of his or her own interests. They want to be built up so they can go stand in the marketplace and show everybody how many scriptures they know off the top of their head or how they can remember this or because they want to be able to manipulate other people by using the word of God. So they're only focused on their own interests and they don't get real understanding of application. The unapproved workers, their yield or their harvest is discord and increasing ungodliness. So you, and this is mindful for us as servant leaders. As I told you on Monday, there is an, in, an increasing intensity in the spirit realm of what we're living in and the season we're in. And we have to be able to be diligently watching those that we listen to and the information we get and where we're taking in because we've got to listen to what's behind it, what is influencing what they're saying. Are they knowing this and sharing this in an attempt to manipulate you or are they really sharing this in an attempt to lead you to a relationship with God? You've got to be mindful because discord and increasing ungodliness follow unapproved workers. Right, But workers who are approved, you will find that their people's faith are increased. More and more people will believe and desire to do things God's way. Okay? Approved workers handle the word of God with precision and care, as a master craftsman would, would do with his materials. The Bible refers to this rightly dividing the word. They allow the word to be a sword, a double-edged sword that not only cuts people but cuts them too. The word that when you're operating as an approved worker, the word you read got to impact your life first. There's got to be some change or adopting or some identifying of correcting you first. It ain't about what you can see in somebody else. It's about what you see the word revealing to you about you. And our sixth discipline is that of a vessel. A vessel in God's house is reserved for use for God's special purposes. 
Vessels are surrendered to the Holy Spirit's work of purging them of wrong influences and earthly priorities so they become fit to do the work of the Lord. Vessels are always in pursuit of godly values over worldly benefits. A vessel is honorable. Oh, I'm sorry. A vessel can be honorable or dishonorable, but God knows which ones are devoted to his use. As a vessel, you as a servant leader are the channel through which God works in this earth realm. Jesus left this earth realm, but he is reigning in the heavenly realm. But he says, your work continues here on earth, and I leave my spirit in you so that you can continue my works here. You are a vessel, and the Holy Spirit will do the work of purging you. You don't have to sit and try to make yourself perfect, because whether you know it or not, you can't. So it has to be the working of the Holy Spirit. Your job is to to surrender to his workings. Allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you those things that need to be laid on the altar, that need to be given to God. Lead to learn how to release and let go and let the Spirit of God fill you in that place so that as you go in the marketplace, you are living out the application of the word of God and you are producing the fruit which is identified in the lives of those you serve. Okay, I'm done. I went a little over, but I hope it was worth it. Thank you for joining us today here on Wisdom Inspired. I hope today's wisdom has inspired you, challenged you, and has encouraged you as servant leaders to be equipped, established, and empowered to go about your day doing the thing that God has called you to do with intention and authenticity. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the episode of Wisdom Inspired that was brought to you by the AAC Coworking Community a virtual community designed to support female entrepreneurs, business owners, and freelance professionals. For more, go to wisdominspired.net.